Welcome to Empowered Conversations. I'm your host, Susie Petrozzi. This podcast will take you on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery through conversations with special guests that will inspire you to live the life of your dreams. Get ready now for an Empowered Conversation. So welcome to Empowered Conversations. Today, I'm very, very lucky to have Linda Mercer, who's our guest speaker for this episode. And she, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. I know Linda from um, the Empowered Training, the Empowered Woman Training Summit that I did a few years back and I wanted her back and the, our, our coming back together has been rather organic, which is just beautiful. It tells you something about her. Um, so Linda is the founder and CEO of Miralinda Center for Wellbeing in Phoenix, Arizona, and she also has an online wellness center at lindamercer.com. Now, she is the author of Rebuild Your Immune System in 10 Minutes a Day, 56 Medication-Free Approaches to Prevent and Reverse Inflammatory and Autoimmune Symptoms and Diseases. Previously, Linda was a licensed psychotherapist in private practice for over 20 years and served as the wellness expert at Marriott's Premier Spa at the Camelback Inn in Scottsdale, Arizona. She's a sought-after speaker in the health and personal growth fields, and I'm very excited to have her here. So, Linda, thank you so much for joining us and for taking the time and, and really doing this so quickly. Thank you, Susie. I'm I'm totally excited about this. I love empowerment. You know, I know we, we both work in the same field, but it's wellness and and psycho psychotherapy or psychology and yeah. and and empowerment is just what I love. It's my passion. It's my purpose. And so I'm I'm totally totally excited about mm. sharing. Awesome. So it's just so nice to reconnect with you. I I would love to start by. Really, I know that one of the things that you're going to share with us is uh, some of the tools and keys that, that come from your book. And I, I really want to know and dive in, how did you come to, to writing this book? Because no doubt it was part of your own journey. Can you share that a little bit with us? I can. This book was waiting to be written by me for many, many years. And it's really, this was a book that was the culmination of 30 years of um, my healing journey. Diagnosed with multiple sclerosis uh, 30, over 30 years ago, 84. And I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I was bedridden and told there was nothing they could do for me except give me steroids. At the the time, they didn't have any other medications, which turned out to be a good thing for me. Um, So I was devastated. First of all, I was devastated, of course. And then um, I I just had a really powerful spiritual experience after a a few days later that um, like I just heard this voice say, you know, you know, don't worry, you're going to get better. You know, don't be afraid. You're going to get well and you're going to help other people get well. It was just like this voice. And I just felt this incredible peace and knowing it just, it resonated with me. It felt, it felt right. So, um, within like two days, Someone referred me. This was in 1984. Okay, this would be before wellness was even a word. It wasn't even a word. There was there was no healthy eating, no healthy diets, no stress management. You know, it, it had just kind of started in the maybe in the late 70s, and this was the early 80s. Okay, so it was about five years old. Um, but there were like probably you know a handful of holistic uh, you know alternative doctors at the time, and someone referred me to this group of, of, of um, alternative doctors. There was a naturopath and a homeopathic physician and an internist, and they worked together. And that's, that is what got me started to be able to totally reverse the multiple sclerosis in five months. Okay. Uh-huh. And so, um, so, the, so my journey, I completely reversed it and, of course, continued on. I decided that's what I wanted to do because I'd also been you know, told that's what I, that's what my purpose and my mission was. So I knew I wanted to help other people. And it was so, so it was so profound to go from being completely disabled 
and not even able to get out of bed to being well that I just, I had to share this and I had to find out everything that I could possibly find out about healing, healing and health and that what creates disease and what creates healing. And that just became my, you know, all consuming passion. And um, so this, so there was a journey really of how I learned a lot of uh, different healing technologies, uh, tools, uh, my own personal growth during that time and, and all the different um, methods really that I used to get well. And I wanted to share that. And the reason, and the book, this book I wanted to write um, because after I had been working, I started working with people and what, you know, years later I kept noticing that, uh, people were really, really struggle with the whole wellness, even when it was becoming much more, you know, mainstream, not very mainstream, really. This was in the 90s when I, so I developed this whole program called 10 Minute Wellness because what I found was people get so overwhelmed. And, you know, I'd say, what well, did, you know, how did your week go? How was your wellness practice? I didn't have time. And I really felt that they were so overwhelmed with it and just couldn't figure out where to go or how to do it. So, so that led to this inspiration to create this whole program and write a book called 10 minute wellness. And then I wrote, I recorded a CD, 10 minute meditations and visualizations and guided visualizations. And I also created a card deck that's 10 minutes a day. And so it's it's a book that, you know, addresses all the, all the parts of the body, all of of wellness, the body, the mind, emotions, the spirit, your relationships with yourself, with others, um, you know, your spirituality. I think I mentioned that and stress management. So it puts it all together, um, in a format that you can do in 10 minutes a day. But it still, you know, has all the research behind it. Linda, it's quite, by the sounds of things, it's quite holistic. Um, It's being compiled in a way that makes it accessible and really easy to apply in your life. And I want to know about that. So let's, if we can go back to some of the things that you've learned from your own journey and that you've applied that's helped you get better. I mean, that really is like you spilling out your, your incredible skills and and secret tools that, that have helped you. Can you share some of those with us? What's, you know, what were some of those initial things that you noticed that were actually helping you to get better, to reclaim your life back in your health? The first thing that I am going to create, I mean, the, 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 the diet and the nutrition is, you know, absolutely without question, right. um, a requirement, you know, and that just healed, was healing my body in amazing ways. And of course, you know, two chapters of my book are dedicated to it. But what I'm really focusing on, what I want to focus on today is kind of where I told you, you know, this has been a long journey for me. Mm. And as I've moved through it, I've really discovered that there are other practices that I, that I did in the beginning when I really go back and think about what really allowed me to completely reverse. Because there are diets you know people are getting on diets and it doesn't necessarily completely heal you people a lot of people still struggle with that and etc and so I was like really blessed I think because I really surrendered the whole process the whole you know horrible diagnosis and the, the condition I was in uh, I just, you know, surrendered it to to my higher power to the universe and then I then I was taught by one, the homeopathic physician, you know, told me just to, you know, spend quiet time each day and do some meditation and uh, do some breathing exercises. And she just happened to have classes in her home, the Indian woman, every Tuesday night. And so I really stopped everything too. I put everything on hold, which I was able to do, but I think that I, there were a lot of arrangements. I, I was married. I had two, two young daughters at the time and um, I quit work. I was able to, you know, I, I was taking classes at the university 
And every morning, I would just start my day with this beautiful, peaceful, quiet time. And the sun would be streaming in the windows and I'd hear the birds outside. And, uh, you know, it was, and I had this like quilt that I laid on the floor. I had this rocker and I, you know, put other things that made me feel really happy. It was like a little nook in my, this, my, our bedroom. It had like an attic space, a slanted roof. And it was really that quiet time and that breathing now, now with, you know, as research has gone on and over time, I can really see it. So really, I, I can't overemphasize from, from my perspective how important that has been a piece of my life. And when I'm not doing it, which is to start off my day with just some stillness, mm-hmm. because that is where everything really happens. <laughs> you know, it, it's where you... Um, I mean, they, they say, you know, the power is in the present moment. So it really is that. Linda, I'm that so. Moment and that stillness and, and when you go there. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I think there's a little bit of a delay. In, um, I'm okay. so glad. I'm so glad to hear you share that because sometimes we can so easily get hooked into, like you were saying, into the next thing, the next diet, the next thing that's going to help you know, cure or help me alleviate some symptoms. And yet to hear you say that in such a, you know, profound way that comes from a lived experience, um, I I think it really just brings home, particularly at this time in our lives where we've, we've lived through, we're living through COVID and, and we are really forced to take this time. Maybe we're not doing it well. I mean, I can just say that from my own experience that it's been a blessing. I mean, I went to the shops this morning to get something and I tell you what, I was so glad to get out of there. And so I, I just want to pause because we're talking about pausing. We're talking about stillness and, and just how important that is and why that's important you know, maybe you can speak to that a little bit more. Why is that so important? It's so, to me, it's so important for so many reasons. It's, you know, we have this like racing thoughts that go in our mind and it stills the mind. But what really my book is about actually is, you know, the immune system and this inflammation that happens because at the, at the core of physically, Every single like disease or um, condition that in your body that's you know imbalances your hormones to make you have depression or anxiety or whatever is going to come from stress. So when we're still, we can find that peace within because really that that is our soul. I was talking to uh, you a little bit earlier about how I really started. Um, really just being so called to get more connected with the soul and understand it and what that is. But that when you're still, you can hear, like, I mean, whatever you want to call it, the voice of God, the voice of, uh, you know, your guides. Uh, you, you hear your own wisdom. You, ho- you, you hear your own inner wisdom. Your intuition comes up. All the answers are inside of us. And we have this, when you get still, you are, you have this, you develop, you know, it doesn't necessarily happen overnight, but you develop this complete amazing system, like a GPS. It's a guidance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, we're always wondering, is this the right thing or what's going on? Or we're not paying attention and we're just not feeling, you know, well. So when we get still, we can just know, you know, those answers start coming. Um, and you can ask, you can ask the questions too. So, and, and the other, like I said, huge benefit is that stress is the killer, is a killer. It's just the killer. It kill, it's killing us by, you know, by millions um, because it really leads to all these autoimmune diseases. So the, uh, all inflammation is the stress response and the cytokines just gone, gone wild, right? Mm. So we really want to get that under control. And then your whole day goes better. You know, you are a different person. It starts changing your, um, it starts rewiring your brain. It starts rewiring your nervous system. 
So one thing about autoimmune disease, you know, now there are like it's just, um, over 50 million just in the United States, people that are diagnosed and, you know, probably another 50 million that aren't diagnosed. And uh, so autoimmune disease, uh, what I discovered too, is that autoimmune disease, every single person that gets autoimmune disease or is diagnosed with it has had some, has some sort of low level, like uh, complex PTSD is what you probably know what I'm talking about. It's like, it's like from, from early on in life where we didn't feel safe for different reasons. Um, there's this, or you have a very, you're born with a very sensitive nervous system and you just have this like, uh, like very easily, highly aroused, uh, very quickly aroused into the, into the um, anxiety or nervousness or worry or fear, that sort of thing. And there's always that underlying. So that inflammation starts very, very young and it starts, it's just, it's wearing down on the, you know, on the different systems in the body, depending on which one is is your weak point so all of those things it's it's like so getting quiet and finding that stillness is um it changes your your physiology it changes your brain wiring rewiring it calms down your emotions you find a sense of more peace and tranquility you find a sense of knowingness um you feel guided you feel more, you know, it, uh, when you're talking about empowerment, you know, because I, when I really, uh, you know, as I've moved through this process, it's all empowerment. Be, you have to be empowered to be able to make the changes like eating well, because people know what to do. They just can't do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Deepak Chopra says the soul trumps, he doesn't say trumps, but is, is stronger than your willpower. The willpower is not that strong if it's not being nurtured <laughs> you know if we're not yeah. nurturing ourselves yeah if we're not nurturing that soul so um <laughs> okay i think i probably said more than i needed to say about that but um i i just find it it's so it's so helpful and it's you know for that i like that you know in the morning time if you can start your day with that especially and try and you know check in during the daytime um i just find that it's the perfect time because your whole day will go different and every experience you have is affecting how you see yourself, how you see the world, how you react, you know, it all. And we're, we're attracting whatever we're, we're, we're entering out into the world or into, even if we're at home mm-hmm. into the world and that into the day with a vibration. Is it the vibration of stillness and peace and joy and, you know, quietness and knowingness, or is it chaotic and, stressed and worried and you know what I'm saying so that's going to affect all of your um and so I have a question uh, about that Linda um so as you've shared as you as you've shared about you know the essence of taking that time in the morning and setting the day on that note because this is so important for aligning ourselves with who we are at the core or even finding out and discovering that um I imagine that that, I don't know if this was something that you started to do early on as you were discovering, you know, what can I do to help myself? How did that shift things? What did you then start to change as a result of that time with yourself? How did things start to change in your own life? What did you notice? I never really felt calm and peaceful before those days. And I had lived, I mean, I lived a really, um, exciting and glamorous life. I lived in Mexico City for nine years, uh, and I lived in I lived in Europe for five years, and I lived in New York City for eleven years. I had, you know, and I and I, I was very fortunate. I I lived very affluent lives, um, and I had so many opportunities, and I loved that. I had a lot of experiences that I loved, but I would never felt peaceful. I never felt I never felt secure within myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. And not I, I I will get to in the next tool that I share is really where I needed to go to get really the self confidence that that empowers right. you. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we can. So we're just. Yeah. Why don't we just move into that one? Let's go. Yeah. So the next the next thing that happened. So I got well physically, but that I felt you know like I said my clearer in my brain, more focused, more calm, more centered 
more more empowered to a definitely degree. I had way more energy, calm, not these peaks and valleys and exhausted and insomnia and that sort of thing. Um, but you know, if once you get on this, you know, that you, you kind of I think there's a a calling kind of to you get a calling that to awaken sort of to it's time to grow whatever it is to get healthier to get whatever um, and once you kind of get on that path and that journey that, that that led me the next step was about a few years later we were living in New York City and um, that's had a very you know a very nice lifestyle but I was just uh, really struggling with some things in my marriage and I was struggling with not having a purpose. And I realized after I came back from living overseas for 15 years that I'd never finished college and I didn't have, you know, I didn't even have a degree, you know, I, and I'm not even an undergraduate. So I was just had this, this restlessness and this, you know, unsettledness. And I, I didn't really have any kind of purpose in my life. So, um, I decided that I would look for, go to counseling or, you know, go uh, seek out counseling. So I did that and I, I found this amazing woman that just, you know, the first on my first try that um, really took me, I think for the self-confidence, there were two things that she taught she was masterful at and uh, you know, one was the healing of, you know, emotional healing. And the other one was mind power, the power of your mind. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the emotional healing a little bit, maybe first, and then the mind power, the meant, you know, how powerful the, the power of the mind and sure. how she really yeah. restructured that. So, um, so with the emotional healing was something that I, it wouldn't matter how healthy my body was without really being able to go in and explore, um, you know, emotional wounding that you have uh, or whatever that was and was crucial for my, for my, I mean, I just, for me to get to where I needed to go and all, and, and the results were amazing after I, a few months after I started working with her. Um, so I, I had to really be validated because I was raised in a, um, a good family, but an alcoholic home where, you know, there's like addiction and there's um, perfectionism and there's uh, lack of communication. There's lack of intimacy. Uh, feelings aren't allowed. Uh, and then also my generation, you know, really, no, you don't talk about feelings. There was, you just, didn't, there was no um, ability to even talk about it or express it or feel it. And there, and there was this uh, unspoken rule that we just don't have feelings. You know, if you, if you, if you want to cry, go to your room. You know, if you're mad, don't tell, you know, don't sass at me. There's nothing to be afraid of. You know, just feelings were like not, not allowed to happen. So, and, and then in those days, probably too, and it still happens now, it'll continue happen for a long time. I was really, you know, my mother was really a very emotionally um, neglectful, kind of, you know, abandoning kind of person. She just couldn't, she didn't connect emotionally. She, and she didn't have that ability. Mm-hmm. And there were six children. So, so I didn't learn that connection to myself or my connection to other people with that intimacy. And um, so I had already been divorced once and remarried another man from Mexico City. And then we traveled all over the world. And, you know, I had this nice life, but there was this, uh, these, uh, you know, emotions that really needed to be healed. And so we just, you know, explored that and really, she just validated, you know, and, and helped me to understand like, oh, that's why I feel like this. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to me. I, you know, mm-hmm. that happened to me. That mm, that's okay, and that's okay, and that hurt me. You know, it hurt me, and it and it actually caused some problems. But it's that instead of just saying, "Oh, I have this amazing childhood," you know, kind of glossing over the, mm. the actual reality of it, and kind of creating the ongoing lie that you live, that a lot of people live, the lack of authenticity. So 
it was just to really go in and understand that I was carrying around that. So as far as health goes, you know, you stuff all those feelings, you don't express them. They're in your body, you know, they're in the emotional body, Mm -hmm. right? They're in your cells. Mm -hmm. And they're just trapped in there. And so really being able to let go of those and really start Mm -hmm. releasing them and to learn how to manage my emotions. And of course, mindfulness really helps you manage your emotions. But, um, and I had already started doing that. Mm. So that emotional healing. And so the tip that, um, the tool that I would recommend for for me, what's so helpful, and I have to continuously do it um, because it's so, it was so deeply ingrained for so many of my years until I was, you know, until I was 40, really to not talk about or or even look at my feelings or acknowledge them. So I have, so keeping a journal and I, you know, I know that sounds so trite, but, Mm -mm. and because journals are like, also people don't really know what to write in them, you know, necessarily. There's some that already have questions or, or exercises, which I think are good. Um, But for me, I, what I find is so important for me is to go in and go, I, I'm, I feel sad about, and then I just list it. I just, I just give that little sentence stem, those three words. I feel sad that, or I feel sad about, and things come up because we're always having to grieve things, you know, like with COVID, I feel sad that I can't, you know, do this or that or the other, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I feel angry that this, that the other, and just kind of basic emotions that, that what, what do I, what do I feel anxious about right now? Or, or, you know, what's kind of scaring me or makes me feel anxiety right now or, you know, uncomfortable. Mm. And so by then I've acknowledged them. I accept them. I, you know, look at them and I release them at the time. And I go, that validates it for myself. And then I'm really in, I'm not carrying that around waiting to explode on my husband or my friend or something like that, you know, or somewhere. Um, I mean, I'm just not carrying it around in my body that makes me sick or creates, a, you know, sort of a chaos in my life. So the other questions I really like are just like, what do I need? What do I need now? Or just like we, if we're not, you know, we, we have needs and they change all the time. And what am I needing? Maybe I need to just go play or I, maybe I need to buckle down and work harder or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It just, it's, in, the, in that moment, what is it that I need? What do I need now, right now? And then That's the other question, Linda, such oh. a powerful question. Thanks. And I'm just going to give one more because otherwise it's so overwhelming. Uh, just one more. The other one I really love um, is to say, what do I need to let go of right now? And, you know, it's so easy to get like a resentment about something or, um, my stress or uh, my attachment to whatever, you know, I, I, I want this thing so bad or what, but you know, you know, it's that, that same thing as getting still. Mm-hmm. And when we get still and we put pen to paper, some other magic happens, you know, that um, besides just meditating and still and hearing, hearing those things, we can journal them. But um you know, and, and I have to do with having to do with that, too. It's like, you know, your emotions create neural peptides, which I know, you know, that, you know, the molecules of emotion book mm-hmm. is yeah. by Candace Pert was so powerful. Um, and they're really creating a lot of um, toxins in your body, too. Mm-hmm. So so besides that, they're stuck in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, you, you know, it's always really important to to be empowered. We have to really have to really have total self-acceptance. So your emotions, we're still, I think it's so easy for me to reject my emotion or to judge my emotion, um, you know, in the moment, you know. So, so it keeps, it really helps me to um, accept it and acknowledge it and accept it. And then when I need to make a shift, um, then I do that. Then, you know, then I'll go, okay, you know, this, this emotion and, and I kind of, I use a lot of like different, the different, you know, therapies, which is also, it's like, 
if you see something is intolerable, you're going to suffer a much worse emotion, right? So mm-hmm. getting to be not resisting it and having trying to find acceptance for it and going, it's not great. I don't love it, but it's not intolerable. And I don't have to, you know, just totally fight it because <laughs> yeah. whatever we fight or resist just keeps coming back to get us, yeah. you know, keeps, keeps building up. Um, and, and that's, that's pretty much, um, I think it gives you emotional freedom. It gives you better moods. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it, it's really good for your relationships to, you know, to have your emotions and, uh, you know, manage so that you're not. And taking it out on other people, and I've, I've already mentioned all those things. So that was the that was the second one. And you want, I'll just move on to the mind one, or do you want to take a moment? Or yeah, just want to add something to that. Well, firstly, I love that you again that you're really taking the time to go into that and share share that second point with us, um, and how important it was in your own journey and your own healing because. And again, I'm I'm making this so relevant to the times that we live in now that this second piece is like if we we don't really dive into this emotional exploration and own that, we're not going to get through these times full stop. So we need more people teaching this. We need more people, uh, which is why you've done that healing early on. So you're equipped to do that. And same for me, that we as a collective – need to do this own work because when we do it then we can we can help others in that so I just want to acknowledge you Linda for because I know that this is a big part of your life big part of your journey so thank you for sharing that and thank you for doing your own work mm. you can help others yeah oh well thank you thank you for acknowledging that so um I I, I just want to just you know comment on the the COVID and the situation for me i feel like this is a lot of people are feeling this way and a lot of people aren't, but it is to me such an opportunity. Like you're saying, it is such an, well, it's, it's very difficult, but there's a a reason for that. It's here. And, you know, they continue to talk about, it's just not going away. Everyone wants it to just go away. Like we want everything to go away that we don't like, right? Exactly. Okay, limits any kind of our freedom, you know, our, yeah. our, our rights and our freedom. Of course, we all want freedom and want to have rights. And I don't mean to diminish that. But I totally agree. This is like the best, best time. I have been working on, um, and I'm, I'll say that in the fifth step, you know, it's really on, uh, gratitude and acceptance, gratitude and acceptance, gratitude and acceptance, instead of like, I am, there's so much to be grateful for. I mean, we're going through this incredible experience and yet we're in our homes with food and heat and light. And, uh, you know, mm. most people, you know, there are stressors financially for a lot of people. I'm not going to, you know, mm. deny that there's a lot of, you know, joblessness too. Um, but there's also, you know, it, it, we're having this opportunity to really re, re, reframe and re, mm. kind of restart our lives, you know. Mm. So, so anyway, I just just acknowledge okay. what you said. I, I totally agree that with that. Um, and these are such good tools to use. I'm so I'm so grateful that I have them because um, I use them a lot more even now. I mean, I've had to use them. There were there were moments. When everything, especially here in the United States, you know, it's been, and I was in Spain when it was at the, when it was the epicenter, I was in Spain at the time. And I keep, I keep following the epicenter around, I guess. But, um, you know, in the beginning, they didn't know so much and it was scary. You know, it was like, it's everywhere. (laughs) So, um, so these tools have really helped me. So anyway, so that the third one is, um, that I want to talk about is really the power of the mind. Um. And then kind of the results of that. And this, uh, uh, this teacher just really, really, you know, taught so, me so many tools about using the power of the mind, you know, to, I mean, we all have heard about, you know, reframing your limiting beliefs, but our beliefs create everything, you know, our beliefs and, and we're not taught, I think we're so disempowered. I really feel that, um, I think that most people, by the time you're 10 years old, you're like disempowered because of the way, for most people, not everyone, um, it certainly was when I was growing up anyway, and I, um, we're not really taught that 
we can even manage our mind. We just think we're at its mercy, right? That it's like just, it takes us wherever and it has racing thoughts. Like there's nothing we can do about racing thoughts or our own thoughts. You know, how do you actually change your own thoughts and how do you uh, change your belief system? And must, and I think we're not, we're not um, taught to examine our beliefs. Mm, no, you know, no. we're just not taught to examine your beliefs. Mm-hmm. And that was that is huge. And so the, the, let me, I'll tell you a little bit and then I'll give, I'll give you the tool, but um, I'll, first of all, I'll give you the tool and then I'll just tell you a little bit about how that has impacted me. The tool that I learned from this therapist right away changed my life. She gave it to me immediately. I gave every client that comes <laughs> into my life. I have them do this like right, right, right away. Uh, because it's so powerful. It is the a tool to help you examine your belief and manage it and change it and challenge it and come up with a more balanced thought. And then it helps you identify like what is your real uh, lesson to learn in life or what is your real core wound in life because you'll start noticing. So here's the tool. The tool is, um, again, the journal. You can use the same journal if you want. But I say you can just take a little notebook and you can do this. Just do it for one week. It will change your life profoundly in one week. Um, so what you do is it, mostly we get up in the morning and we just are like a little bit robots, robotic. Okay. We get up, we got to eat. I got to get my dress. I got my makeup or, you know, during COVID, maybe not so much. Or you work at home, not as much, but there's some routine that we're going through. And this is to wake up and when you wake up, well, first of all, I always say when you wake up, um, smile and think of the three things that you're grateful for and just express that and then get up. And then when you get up, though, it's to step outside yourself and become the observer. Because when we're in our own thoughts and in our own life we're just so close to it we're so conditioned to do these habitual things that we can't get out of out of the habits the habits are just they just continue on you can't break those habits or or make any changes so by becoming the observer which is really also a tool of mindfulness which i'm going to get into next um but when you become the observer, it's like I always say, pretend like you're a private detective and you're going to follow yourself around for a week and you got your little notebook and you're going to observe. And if in that week, usually you come up, you'll have, you're, you're really looking for uh, to identify and, and note down experiences that cause you problems, pain, anger, frustration, something that really upsets you. Okay. When it's always, you're always going to have it. You're just going to have it. Mm. So whatever it is. So, so then you write down, okay, you're, you're observing yourself, right? You're going, oh, okay. I'm really upset, you know? So maybe you already blew up or maybe Mm. you just had a meltdown or maybe you just feel down or no energy or whatever. You're just not feeling happy right? You're not in flow. So you write down, um, I don't have a clock in here because it's not where I usually do this. I don't know what time it is. Um, so it's about 20 minutes. That's okay. Okay. Go for okay. It. Yeah. All right. So, um, so then what you do is you write down what happened and then what actually happened? What was the event or the thing that happened? Right? It's rational mode of therapy, really. It's, you know, RET. It's rational mode of therapy. Is So what happened? What was this event that happened? Somebody criticized me, let's say, or got mad at me or something. And then, so then you identify the feeling that went with it because they're so intricately, you know, linked. So what, how did that make you feel? Or not, how did you feel? It didn't make you feel that way, but how did you feel? What was the emotion that was, did you feel angry? Did you feel hurt? Did you feel um, disrespected or whatever that feeling is? And then, and then you identify like, so what are you, were you telling yourself about that 
what that that mm-hmm. situation. It's not about the situation. It's not like A doesn't cause the situation yeah. doesn't cause the feeling. Yeah. Okay. Because we're really we're mostly worried about our feelings. We don't even aware of what's going on in the the, the mind, the belief system mm-hmm. that's causing that. Right. So it's like what? So it's the B. It's your beliefs in here in the middle between the the A and the C that are causing you to feel that way because you can choose to feel any way that you choose that you want and a more empowering thought right a more empowering less limiting reaction or emotion um so then once you identify the belief okay so what am i telling myself i'm telling myself it shouldn't be that way or they're so wrong or you know whatever so so then when then it's what does it say about me and then you have this belief about yourself and about the other person the event and what that was and then you just so i always say you challenge it it's just like you put it on trial okay so you're like here's the belief i have like all men are controlling or bad or whatever you know or or um, abusive or too much or whatever let's just say that that was the belief and you had a run in with a, a male and then you could say, okay, so let's give three pieces of evidence that it's true. Everything that you could say, well, this this looks that makes it. This is evidence that that's true. And there is some truth to it, right? It's not black or white because I always say, just be happy. Well, you can't just be happy, and you can't just change your belief and like that. You have to really get to a more balanced uh, thought about it. So. So you get the three pieces of evidence that it's true. And then you go like, well, give me three pieces of evidence that it's false. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you look at it and then you want to come up with a more balanced thought. Maybe it's that, you know, men are oftentimes or sometimes they are, you know, a little macho or a little uh, what, whatever. But there are many men that aren't and it does, they're not always that way or something like that. So you're not, you know, feeling like they're always going to, you know that there's something about you have issues with men for example men don't always leave you men don't always hurt you men you know what i'm saying absolutely one of the things linda sorry just to intercept at this point one of the things i want to say about that approach is from what you're sharing it's it's quite analytical and i think that this is really good particularly when we're caught up in that emotional brain because it helps us then to come out of out of the emotional brain or the primitive or whatever you want to call it, but you know what I mean, and to start to access and bridge that gap to the frontal brain. And particularly for those who are really, really caught up in the emotion. So it's, it's such an interesting process. Thank you. You know, and it's essentially because um, I will, I'm going to share something that, that, that re- totally relates to the mindfulness about emotional brain and the rational brain and how if you get caught up in the emotional brain you're you're you know you just suffer a lot more than you need to balance those but so after I really just re you know really examined my beliefs and noticed how all these beliefs that I had and started changing them and managing my my mind and I was in control of my thoughts and my my mind and my beliefs and how I reacted and my emotions and I was acknowledged for my emotional wounding that I had, because we all have some somewhere, right? And that my, I was validated and seen for who I really am and started understanding that. Well, I, went, I was back in school uh, like within three months. And I, I, I decided that I wanted to do what she was doing along with the wellness, that I had to put those together. So I knew that I wanted to put that and, and diet and, you know, stress mm-hmm. management together. So, so, um, I was back in school. I had a total block about math since I was in third grade and I overcame it. It really stumbled me. It really stopped me up in, even through college. It was really, I just struggled with it. Totally overcame it. Made a 4.0 for that. Got in, uh, decided, went on to the master's program because I needed to, of course, to become a psychotherapist. And then went on to get my license and do my residency. And, you know, just, and then I, after all that, I opened my own private practice and started one of the first wellness centers in the United States, the Miralinda Center for Wellbeing, 
which was um, sponsored, the programs were sponsored by the medical school at the University of Arizona. And I invited Andrew Weil, Larry Dossi, uh, Shakti Gawain. Um, these are people that maybe aren't as, as popular right now, um, like Deepak Chopra still <laughs> in there. Um, Judith Orloff, uh, Stanley Krippner for, for um, shamanism. And they all came and I held these amazing retreats for three days with these powerful best-selling authors in the body, mind, spirit. And this is 1995. And I did all that, you know, I mean, before I was living in this kind of a nice, posh, you know, interesting life. <laughs> but, but this was like, you know, I was able to really be empowered enough to do all that by mm-hmm. really doing these three, the three things that we're talking about right now. Right. Wonderful. So, so far we've talked about, um, Really, um, say, hang on, the first one was taking time out in the morning. Is that right? Yes. Emotional healing was number two. Number three was power of the mind, specifically looking at specifically looking at the process you talked about that you took us through the RET. Um, and then, yeah, and then do you want to lead us into the next one just because I'm aware of our time together? Right. You know, and I do, I, and it, the next two will go really quickly because they're, you know, the body, mind, and emotions and, and spirit are so interconnected and interrelated and they're all work together that they're going to overlap at this, at this point. And the next one is really the mindfulness. Mindfulness in that it's nice, it's, it's, it's not just nice, but I think it's very powerful to be in that still place and find that quiet centering time and uh, grounding and centering time in the morning. But the mindfulness is about really developing our awareness and rewiring the brain. It's so powerful because uh, you were talking about when you're in your emotional mind or, and you have to balance it too with the rational, right? So when you, when you do mindfulness, when you practice mindfulness, the left and the right hemispheres come together they overlap like a Venn diagram. And in that moon shape, or let's see, not crescent shape, what is that? The overlap between the left and yeah. right hemispheres, there's this small slice um, that's called, I, I, I was trained to work in DBT. I don't know if you know dialectical so was I. therapy. I know exactly oh. what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Please speak more to that. Yeah. So it was so powerful because this therapy was the first therapy that ever helped uh, borderline personality, which mm-hmm. no one, most therapists couldn't touch it, just couldn't help yeah. it. There, were, there, there was no cure, like help for it. Mm. And trauma was the same thing. And now it's one of the main trauma therapies. And it's also uh, used for eating disorders, which are very, very difficult to mm. treat also and addictions okay so it's it is that that where it comes together the right and left hemisphere and it does connect up to your frontal lobe your executive function right or you can think in a balanced way but they call that which you know marshall linham the creator of that program calls it your wise mind Mm -hmm. so you when they come together which mindfulness does you have this total coherence and you have this access to your higher mind, to the highest mind. Mm. You know, you're, that wise mind has all those, it has that, the, the correct responses, the right um, responses. Um, and it has the guidance and the messages and the internal guidance system that you need. It's, it's all those things at once. She calls um, it, um, Linda, I, I mean, it's called also the intuitive mind, isn't it? Intuitive, mm-hmm. wise mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's really your inner knowing. You're, you're, mm-hmm. in, you're intuitive. It's your intuition. Mm-hmm. It's your intuition. So, um, you know, our intuition is so powerful to be able, if we, ha- if we can get access to it. So that's, that's really um, it. It, of course, it's the biggest stress relief releaser, you know, and again, if we look at stress as the core physical 
you know, basis for all disease and, and mental imbalances, chemical imbalances also, because your thoughts create neurotransmitters, create the chemical messengers via the neurotransmitters and neuropeptides, right? Mm-hmm. So that every thought we have and every, if it's an, we're emotionally charged all the time, you're just pouring these, you know, uh, negative chemicals into your every cell in your body constantly and you're creating all the you're releasing all the cortisol and all the stress hormones and you know it's just that's that's the worst pretty much the worst thing you can do to your body Mm. it's just it's going to break down everything in your body this is going to wear down it's going to eat you know you're going to get leaky gut and from there your digestion is going to go and and whatever, or it might be your joints, because there's like, I think there's 80 to 100 autoimmune diseases already. Oh. Besides, But it's the same for diabetes or whatever, or it's the same for depression and anxiety. Mm. You know, if we're stressed all the time and have negative thoughts. So, so the mindfulness, but so here's a tool, that, a very simple tool. And then I think we can, we can just cut that one out at the end, because um, I talked over, over explained probably. Um, the tool for mindfulness, though, is besides the mindfulness meditation, is to just make your life a meditation. So when you're walking, just be walking. When you're just doing one thing at a time and really just being, again, you're being in the present moment. That's where all your power really is. And all these, I, I've seen just miracles happen when we stay in that um, present moment. And... So by, if you're brushing your teeth, just try practicing that. I'm just brushing my teeth. I'm not thinking why well, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And oh gosh, I said that bad thing to someone else. Or you know what I mean? The, all those thoughts going in your mind. So, or if you're just washing the dishes or you're just walking, whatever you're doing, just try. You're not ever going to be able to do it all day. It's none of us are, I'm not able to do that either, you know. Um, but. I'll just get mindful about what I'm doing and just be in that moment and really notice. I'll notice like, oh my gosh, I have the most beautiful, you know, yard out there, garden, you know, and the mm-hmm. birds are singing and the pool, the water is running in the pool and making this beautiful sound. And, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden it completely changes my experience in that moment. So, um, so just being more mindful, more aware. It's awakening, isn't it? It's becoming awake and embodying who we are through that process. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you take that time to really describe what's going on, how you notice those things, it brings us back even now as we speak. I know. And it's not like no one's heard these things before, but I'm just sharing like, you know, there's nothing new. <laughs> I well, learned you know, these. They're, Linda, they're what's, <laughs> what's really important about all of this is um, we need to make this almost mainstream, if you will, which is why we're having this conversation, particularly when you're talking about stress. Stress is the common denominator for most diseases. I mean, of course, there's genetics, there's some other things that may be involved. Yes, there's, you know, we're, we're acknowledging that, but overall it, it plays such a pivotal role in in triggering or reinforcing and really causing so many underlying issues and if we don't keep having these conversations if we don't acknowledge what is at the core of all of this well then how can we ever change things change not just for us as individuals but also for future generations Absolutely. You said it beautifully. I love it. Yeah. All right. So share with us, um, should we go to the last one? Do you want to share with us the last tool that you... um, Yeah, do you have time for that? Just let's see. You know, the last tool is kind of where I was mentioned you before we started, um, you know, uh, talking to everyone else was um, really raising your vibration because that is truly the most powerful thing you can do and I I, by that I mean raising your consciousness so I know that I spent years and years and years and it's okay because it's all you know it's all all for me and that was my path and my journey but uh, trying to fix the things that I wanted to 
fix. Like I wanted to get rid of anger. I wanted to get rid of fear. I wanted to get rid of shame. I wanted, you know, get to get rid of bad habits. And now what I see is instead I focus on choosing one higher thought or one higher behavior. Like it could be love. It could be forgiveness. It could be um, joy. It could be just focusing on, uh, it could be acceptance. It could be gratitude. And just taking that one, that one practice because they're at such a high vibration. I don't know if, if, um, if anyone here has read, um, let me see if I can remember his name. Oh, David Hopkins. He wrote, he wrote uh, Power Versus Force. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's it's a uh-huh. fabulous book. Yeah. But he but he also he has this, you know, diagram kind of like Maslow's hierarchy, but it's of the vibration of all the feelings and emotions and, and you know, states of mind. Yeah, I think and and then so, you know, if you're under two two hundred, it's the same with your body. There's a uh, energy signature. If your uh, vibration is your en- energetic the Hergowitz in your body is under 70, you start getting disease. And, you know, cancer happens at this level, at this low level of energy, et cetera. Well, his is very similar that um, at this level of consciousness, you know, this happens and that happens and et cetera. So if we're, you know, I found like really hanging out in the shadow and the, the fault, the, the weaknesses and, and all my flaws <laughs> and trying to fix myself and change myself. Um, it had its, you know, purposes. But now I just really work on, on right now I'm just, I, I'm on gratitude and acceptance about the whole condition here. But for me right now, it's like, I'm just really working on how can I be more loving? How can I be kinder? How can I be more compassionate? And it starts with me and myself, you know, but it's also out. So how can I be less judgmental? You know, if I'm loving, then what would love do? So love is a very big, (laughs) a very high energy. It's a very, very high energy. And, you know, I don't beat myself up if I'm not, but I'll just go, okay, you know, um, what could I have done a little different there that would have been more loving for, you know, for myself or for the other person. And um, just taking one thing. Yeah. yeah, I think that's, I think just coming back to love and what you're saying, you know, isn't, isn't that the purpose of <laughs> really the purpose of life, right? Coming back to that place and, and meeting ourselves again through that place. Now I'm just aware of, of time and I think yes, that, that may be a really <laughs> such a, such an amazing place to finish on, like such an appropriate place to finish up on. Um, number five tool, which is, you know, I think essentially what you're saying is, you know, how do I, how do I grow as a person by focusing on more on, on being a better person through bringing love to a situation or to a person. Um, and I think that it's such a, such a important gift that we can give ourselves. So before we finish up, I just wonder if there's, um, if there are some last things that you wanted to give as a tip or any last kind of words for us today. The only thing that sort of comes to my mind is what I'm really aware of now is to just really get to understand who you really are, like really, and to understand for me the culmination that I feel like the highest place that I've gotten so far in my journey is when I really realize that I am a divine spiritual being I, and in a, in, a bo- in a physical body and, and that that divinity within me is loving. It's love, it's light, it's kind, it's compassion, it's creative, everything. Anything that I do that or that happens to me that isn't like that is just where I'm kind of clouded over by you know conditioning or it's not really me you understand what I'm saying so that's just like know that we are that and that nothing will change that except that we can uh, you just keep growing into that and you know you know seeing ourselves as that 
Linda, thank person. you so much. Thank you You're for so those words. I, I, I'm in gratitude to your divinity, to your beautiful <laughs> spirit, and I'm grateful to divinity that's brought us together for the time that we had today. And, you know, may our journeys cross again um, and look forward to, um, yeah, look forward to seeing what transpires for you in your own life. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Susie. Always a pleasure to you. are such a wonderful energy. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today on Empowered Conversations. Subscribe to the show now and then head over to my Facebook page, Susie Petrozzi, for free personal growth and self-discovery tools that you can use today to be present, be powerful, and be on purpose. See you next time for Empowered Conversations. Empowered Conversations.